0: On this episode, I am wildly over caffeinated, and Jackson admits he loses fights with his wife. When did I do that? Together, we discuss garages, grief, and twins in this build your own episode.
1: Disclaimer we are not experts in any particular field. Nothing in this podcast should be taken as medical or legal advice.
0: Welcome to the nine o'clock, the thinly veiled excuse I'm using to not clean my kitchen tonight. <laughs>
1: And have uh, caffeine after two.
0: Shut up. That's decaf. (laughs) So this episode is very special. We've been working on it for weeks now. Yeah. By not preparing anything at all. This is a build your own episode. Right. So we have had a forum up on our website, pleasantpeasantmedia.com, for several weeks now. And we have asked you, our faithful, loyal, and amazing listeners, to submit your questions. And that's what this episode is. It's just us answering and discussing the questions that you submitted right right so if you have a question for jack or i uh on the nine o'clock podcast you can submit on pleasant when you go there it's the first thing you see just fill out the form and you too could be a part of the next build your own episode yay all right let's jump into it yeah heather w asks how do we navigate disagreements
1: well, it's how, how do we have fights? Yeah,
0: do, fight me, Jack. So
1: this is this is going to anger some people out there. Uh, we've been together for a decade, and we've never actually had a fight.
0: Not a fight, fight. No, no. Um,
1: we now, have debates. We have disagreements. We but, have
0: disagreements. We have gotten on each other's nerves extensively. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, so I, I think the way we typically handle something like that, um, let's let's take the uh, argument slash disagreement side. Typically, if we feel we're starting to get a little heated,
0: mm-hmm.
1: we will actually stop whatever we're doing. Right. And n- not necessarily like turn your back and walk away kind of thing, uh-huh. but we'll take some time. I we'll, need a moment. Yeah. It's <laughs> like, okay, this is obviously not going where we, either one of us wanted it to go, so right. let's pause, think about it, we'll resume this later. Usually what ends up happening is in that time. Well,
0: you you do that. I typically get passive aggressive about stuff. I, <laughs> I like rage. I rage clean.
1: <laughs> rage quit. Um,
0: <laughs> no, I rage clean. Yeah. Yeah. You just do kind noisily of do that. clean.
1: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You'll get up and walk to the kitchen and I'll start hearing clattering.
0: <laughs> Gwen, are you mad? No.
1: No, I never go there. <laughs>
0: you know better. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I just let, I give you space. <laughs> Honestly, that's probably the key to it is, uh, when we feel each other getting angry about something, and most of the time it's something mundane. It's very it rarely something important. But uh,
0: that's because we overthink things. Yeah,
1: and we we get in our feels. Yeah. Um. But yeah, typically if it's uh, if we get to that point, um, and it's it's something mundane or, uh-huh. or whatever it is, yeah, it's uh,
0: we we give space, and then what happens most of the time is. One or both of us, when we get back into the headspace to be able to communicate again, Uh uh, one of us will open with, I was being a D-bag. I'm sorry.
1: Sorry I've been stupid (laughs) earlier. Yeah.
0: I threw a temper tantrum. (laughs) I say that a lot (laughs) because I am more prone to temper tantrums than Jack is. That's not to say that Jack has not thrown his fair share of temper tantrums.
1: Yeah, but my temper tantrums look like... uh, I get bullheaded and then I I refuse to back down so I I dig my heels in. Yeah. And then when we decide we need to take a pause, I get quiet. Yes. And that's about it.
0: Yes. You you typically ruminate in the garage.
1: Yeah, if I need to. Yeah. Sometimes I'll just do it here in the in the in the This is all fancy
0: this is all fancy words for I whine Jack pouts. (laughs) That's, that's how we handle disagreements i need to get my way i whine for a bit jack pouts one of us breaks the ice apologizing for not necessarily for our point of view and i think that's that's probably what's prevented a lot of fights right i don't necessarily feel the need to apologize because i disagreed with you no typically my apology is Yes, but then I handled it stupid.
1: <laughs> well, usually what can, what what will end up happening is if we're having a debate about a topic, uh huh, um, and we both get frustrated at each yeah. other for that for wh- whatever it is. Uh huh. Once we've taken a little bit of time to think about our our position or whatever the argument was, uh-huh. and then come back to it, usually we resolve it. Right. Like we'll still discuss the problem, the uh-huh. topic, whatever it is, and by the time we come back together, we're more willing to hear the other person. Right. I think that's what happens is when you start to get angry, you stop chemicals hearing. happen right. and, and you stop hearing the other person. Yeah. So when you take that time to, to self reflect and, and come back, then
0: I don't wonder if part of the reason we're able to do that is because we've been really focused as a couple mm-hmm. and as parents on responsive parenting. So in yeah. order to help our children, Children who do not have fully developed brains, who do not have a good grasp on how and why they are feeling the way they are feeling, um, we have to go the extra mile and brain for them in some respect. Yeah. But as a result, what it means is we are more primed to respond appropriately to our own emotional overload. Because that's all a fight is, is somebody gets emotionally overloaded and does not communicate i don't want to say clearly but correctly is also the wrong word does not communicate well yeah that's vague but does not communicate well they say things they don't mean uh things come out wrong they hear things that were never said
1: well some sometimes if you're having a spout with your partner part of the problem is you're speaking two different languages and you stop understanding each other's language does that make kind of sense right so sometimes you have to you have to pause and then when you come back like what, together,
0: what did he say and what did I hear him say? Right. Are they some, the same thing?
1: Some people are blunt and they say whatever's on their mind, and other <laughs> yeah. people, it's just the way right. we, you know, how we develop. But uh, some people will will have a little more nuance mm-hmm. to what they're saying. There may be more to the, uh, yeah, to the phrase or to whatever. But
0: I learned pretty early on. Um, you do not respond well to subtext. No, no, um, in, in a couple different ways. First of all, if you catch it at all, and you most of the time don't understand subtext, that's your mm-hmm. autism, right? Um, but if you catch the subtext, it angers you that I did just didn't just come out and say the thing that I was hinting at, um, early in our relationship. Uh, you would remind me nicely. I, I never felt like you were waggling a finger at me or, anything, yeah. or or talking down to me. Just I need you to stop beating around the bush and just say it. Yeah. You said that to me a lot as what, we were kind of developing our relationship.
1: At that time, I I didn't know that I had
0: autism. Yeah, I didn't and, know there was anything there. And I didn't know I was ADHD. So right. sometimes that beating around the bush was me literally fishing for words out of the ether because i didn't know what i was trying to say because there's so much upstairs yeah that it's sometimes difficult to parse out so yeah we we didn't receive our our uh, i didn't receive my diagnosis till i was 37 we didn't figure out you were autistic to how old are you now
1: i'll be 40 next month so 39
0: no. we figured out your autism at 39 yeah <laughs> yep so we were together for a while before we figured out, oh, that's why our brains do that. Yeah. Got it. <laughs> okay. Um, Jade R. asked about our twins. So we, we do have twins. Uh, they were born in August of 2018. And we almost never call them twins.
1: Right. I think that's something that both of us thought about when... Uh well, I mean, before we had them, before, right? before what, you give birth to them. Once, uh, once we
0: figured out there were two in there.
1: We kind of had the discussion and decided everybody else is going to try to lump them together and refer right. to them that way. And, and, you know, that's fine. I mean, the grandparents right. and stuff, they'll they'll do that. We understood that. Right. So we decided that uh, we were going to allow them to have their own personalities right. and develop separately. Mm-hmm as well as together. I mean they're the, siblings, but in ultimately right. they're they're unique individual people.
0: Right. We do we have boy-girl twins, we don't share their names on the internet or on our public platforms for right. their safety and protection. So we refer to them as the boy child and the girl child. Yeah. Uh we don't call them twins because they are their own individual people. Um I make the joke all the time that the only thing they have ever willingly shared was a womb, and even that was slightly contentious. <laughs> That's true. Um the girl child was technically baby A because she was higher. The boy child was born first uh, because he was lower and I had a scheduled C-section. So he was easiest to access. Right. From the sunroof. So he's the first born, but he was baby B. Uh, the girl child was baby A and she was just brutal to him. Yeah. Um, how he was not born with a straight up concussion, I will never know. <laughs> that girl tap danced on his little skull. The whole pregnancy. Yeah. So, okay. Um, specifically, she asked, were our twins early? They were born at 37 weeks and we, by the grace of any and all gods you would like to invoke, skipped NICU. Yep.
1: Yeah.
0: We, we borderlined it several times for several reasons Yeah, right after they were born.
1: Correct me if I'm wrong. Were they scheduled or were they intended to be 38 weeks and they were a week early or were they right on time? They, I don't remember. We,
0: we had a scheduled C-section right at 37 weeks. Okay. Um, we made it to that. But when they uh checked me in and did all the exams and stuff, I was dilated to a five. So right. I wasn't going to make the weekend even if we hadn't had the C-section I'd been having contractions. I'd been having contractions since 30 weeks and I'd been on medicine to keep them still. I was on bed rest from 30 weeks on. Yeah. We made it the, the final seven week stretch. And, uh, when they were born, uh, there were some sugar issues. There was a little bit of oxygen issue, but they Mm -hmm. were able to correct every time with the lowest level treatment. So we tiptoed that NICU trip a couple different times during the the three or four days that we were in the hospital after they were born right um but we managed to skip NICU uh Jade asked are they developmentally behind in any way um they are both speech delayed and as a result we are delayed in potty training yeah and that they're almost three and a half now and we are just now getting to the point that we're kind of thinking about you know using the potty I don't want to uh, cross their personal boundaries too much and talk too much about that, because uh, we don't need to talk about children's potty habits, yeah, but uh, they are a little delayed in potty training right now, but that's a direct correlation to their speech delayed and yeah. it's difficult to inform someone else, hey, I have a need when we're still lacking a little bit of that language
1: now, I know you've I know you've looked into this before is that is that something that is? That happens with uh, twins?
0: It, As far as I'm aware, it's pretty common with twins. Okay. Um, a lot of times um, social um, issues will kind of pop up because they, they have kind of an interesting relationship at home. Right. There's somebody there. Sometimes they're really socially advanced. Sometimes they're a little socially delayed. We honestly don't know if ours are socially delayed because our preschoolers are pandemic toddlers right so like the rest of the world kids around our age have simply not had the the social interactions that kids older than them were privy to because we've been in a pandemic for two of their three and a half years of life
1: right as, as far as i remember they've only they've only encountered other kids I a mean, handful of uh, times yeah i could count them on one hand yeah but
0: They've done well. <laughs> Every time they, ha-
1: yeah, they they seem to take to other kids they've right done, away. They've done but... really well.
0: The boy child is in speech therapy because he was far enough behind he qualified for early intervention in our state. Mm-hmm. The girl child did not qualify, but I've spoken with um, the boy child speech therapist, and mm-hmm. it's likely that the girl child will start her speech therapy when she formally starts pre-K, hopefully in August. Okay. So they'll, they'll look at that. Yeah. Um, are the twins close? They are each other's best friend and worst enemy.
1: Yeah. I was going to say that's, that's tough. Cause and we've talked about this together before, right. uh, cause I've got siblings, but all of my siblings are five years apart from right.
0: me. You're five years away from your oldest right. brother and five years away from your youngest brother. So
1: as far as my experience goes, uh, you know, I always had an older brother and a younger brother. Mm-hmm. I mean, as far as I can remember. Right. And then my youngest obviously has two older brothers. So, mm-hmm. our our relationships to each other a while are varyingly different right. from one another. But right. I have I have friends who have kids that are a little bit closer. Mm-hmm. And
0: you've got a buddy who's got Irish twins. Yeah. They are I think they're ten, 10 or eleven apart. months yeah, apart. Something yeah. Something
1: like that. Um. And f- f- now this is all anecdotal, but from mm-hmm. his. His uh perspective, the eldest son is very aware that he's, he's the, the eldest, oldest, yeah, yeah, so
0: ours have no idea now, now we do not we're not purposefully keeping from them. There are some twin parents who won't fess up to birth order right. We're not keeping that information. they're two minutes apart. the boy' child is older, um, but at three and a half, they don't care, No. it doesn't matter, it's not a ranking system. So it just doesn't matter to them. At some point, one of them will ask, well, which one's older? And we'll tell them the boy child is older by two minutes.
1: I'd say, to honestly, to answer that question, um, he can make her belly laugh. He yes. is the funniest human being she's yes. ever met.
0: He can also make her scream in dog whistle pitches. Right. So. Yep.
1: So, yeah, it's. <laughs> It's both, but absolutely, like, they are close. They're close. In good and bad
0: ways. In good and bad ways, (laughs) right. Okay. um, Danielle R., uh, she submits an interesting question in that her parents are not necessarily 100% behind her parenting style. She's chosen to parent her children responsibly or gently, um, same as us. Her question specifically is, How do I stay firm in my parenting style without indicting my upbringing?
1: Ooh, that's a tough one. Yeah. Tell you what, um, let's take a break for a sec. Uh, you let people know how to do the, uh,
0: yeah, more stuff about the build your own episode, build your own episodes. And, uh, we'll pick that up after the break. Cool. Hi, Gwenna here. Still, we are going to be doing a podcast episode, answering your most burning, pressing, gnawing at you in the dark void of night questions. well, Answering might be a strong word, but we do want to discuss them. Essentially, you've got a chance to create your own podcast episode. In order to do that, head to pleasantpeasantmedia.com and fill out the form there. It's like a choose-your-own-adventure novel, but in audio form and with less dragons or ghosts or page-turning. Okay, it's nothing like a choose-your-own-adventure novel, but yeah, tell us what to talk about. Again, the form is on pleasantpeasantmedia.com. So before the break, uh, I introduced a question from Danielle R. Uh, How do I stay firm in my parenting style without indicting my upbringing? So specifically, what she's talking about is her parents seem to believe that by granting her kids a little more autonomy than she was granted in her childhood, that she is engaging in a power struggle with her kiddos. And they're very critical of that. Okay, Um, I really... I really like this question. Unfortunately, I don't think I have a great answer. <laughs>
1: well, I yeah, it's a good question. I It's and, and hard. Yeah, this is one of those things where without more context, it's hard to it's hard to pick a side.
0: Well, I don't um, I don't know that she's asking to pick a side. Um Uh, What what I here's here's what I can offer this a lot of people engaged in responsive or gentle parenting are really actively working on breaking generational trauma right their parents were brought up a certain way they brought their kids up a certain way their grandparents their great-grandparents I mean it's just been a cascade effect of we didn't know better so we couldn't do better Um, we didn't have the resources that our generation gen x um millennials gen z as they're beginning to have their own kids as well um we have an unprecedented amount of resources as far as parenting and uh ways to connect with parents of similar mindsets our parents didn't have that so if you're actively if you're looking at a very traumatic childhood and breaking those patterns it's really easy to say well i'm just doing what my mom did not yeah but for me specifically i do i have generational trauma Probably, probably in the in the broad sense of the term. Yeah, probably. Do I feel like my mom was abusive? No, no, I don't think she was abusive. Can I pinpoint mistakes she made? Absolutely.
1: (laughs) Well, part of the context I'm missing here, and I don't know if this is the case, but the first thing it makes me think is, are the parents being accusatory because they recognize a fault in their own parenting? And they're trying to they're essentially trying to get ahead of her. Saying it right does that make sense Yeah I I, 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 but I Don't want to put that in their mouth because I don't know Right so I'll I'll just I'll do this I'll use my own uh, Upbringing right as the Example so what what's different about The way I've decided that we have Decided to Mm -hmm. parent our kids but I Agree with is I had a Very authoritative
0: You had an authoritarian We are authoritative
1: Yes he could be Both I I I say this because it 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 it, it waffled back and forth. Mm-hmm. There were times where he did still allow me to have autonomy. Right. but with rules. And so right. a little more on the authoritative side like he
0: but there were other times that he and my mom my mom too very yeah. very authoritarian from right. time to time.
1: No um, just because I said no. Right. Like he, I
0: I think I vowed when I was like 10, I will never tell my children because <laughs> I said so. Yeah. I have I've have held up to that.
1: Well, yes. Now I will say I understand now <laughs> where those words came from. Yes. <laughs> Sometimes you you know you mean no, but you don't necessarily have the ability to explain it at that right. moment. Right. And so the best thing you came that, that he could have come up with at the time was because I said so. Because I said so. I'm your right. dad, you need to listen to me. I said so. Right. But I think part of his failing in that sense that is different from the way we've decided to do things is there was never an explanation later. Later, And this continued until I was a late teenager, until Mm -hmm. I graduated high school. Mm -hmm. I could still get the answer of no with no explanation. No context whatsoever. So I would say I'm not indicting my father. At the end of the day, you know, he he had whatever resources he had available to him Mm -hmm. at the time. Um, Absolutely. He made mistakes and he's admitted as much,
0: which to be clear, we are both children of the 80s. Jack was born at 82. I was born in 84. Yeah. Our parents had precisely two books and the neighbor ladies or right To to refer to, there was no internet. No, there were no helplines. There were no message boards. They had Doctor Spock. What to expect when you're expecting, and whatever the little old lady who raised her kids to adulthood down the street. Yeah, yeah, or his own offered. parents. Right, or yeah, or their own upbringing to refer to.
1: Right. I, I think that's a lot of the, a lot of yeah how that came down. So, are there things that uh, I've done different? If if my father were to pull me aside today and say, you know, you can be a little more firm with your son. I'll listen to what he has to say. Mm-hmm. I'll take it in, and I'll say, "Okay, well, I'll consider that." Right. After considering it, if I disagree, I just have to let him know. Well, yeah. this is why. And and yeah. essentially, I I turn the response of gentle parent your head. own parents. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll, I'll I'll make sure I I have a bulletproof uh, explanation yeah. as to why I'm doing it the way I'm doing it, and. If he understands, then great. We're on the same page. And if he doesn't understand, then that's just going to be a source of tension, I so, guess.
0: I have had this conversation with my mom. Have you? mm mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Now, I was raised only by my mom. My, my dad wandered off when I was like 11. So, uh, for the bulk of my teenage formative years, uh, it was just my mom and I. And my mom and me. Whichever one's grammatically correct. Pretend I said that one there. <laughs> um, and... My mom has asked uh, about how I've chosen differently with Abby. She goes, are you sure that's the right way? And (laughs) sometimes I don't think about the things that are coming out of my face hole as they're coming out. So was this the best way to handle this? Probably not. But what I ended up saying is, is it the best way to handle this particular situation? I have no idea But I know I didn't like it how you chose when I was in the same situation. Yeah,
1: that stinks a little bit.
0: That does. Um, So I chose not that. Yeah. I didn't necessarily choose the opposite because, again, I don't indict my mom for the choices she made raising me. And I'm well, not you've even told saying, her as much. Yeah. But to be
1: fair, you you yeah. have literally told her that.
0: <laughs> yeah, I I hold no ill will, blame, or fault for the mistakes you made, and I will celebrate till the day I die the good choices you made. And she made a lot of fantastic choices in raising me. Right. Um. But. When it comes down to those moments where I can pinpoint, okay, I remember this when I was 14 and my mom told me this and I hated that and it didn't go so well for me, so I'm not going to say that. Yeah. Um, and that's sometimes the only onus and then it's on me to figure out, okay, so if I'm not going to say what my mom said to me, um, what do I say? I'm going to try this. Right. Is it the right answer? I have no idea. Time will tell.
1: <laughs> I would say, uh, yeah. Now- This is my own personal opinion, Mm -hmm. and so I don't expect anybody to necessarily agree with this. Right. But my approach is I don't necessarily marry myself to a particular way of doing things. Right. I try to at least stay somewhat open-minded because here's the thing is...
0: It's all throwing spaghetti at a wall. Well,
1: in a sense, yeah. (laughs) Now, you do what seems to work. Sure. Sure. Um, until and, it doesn 't work anymore right and, well, and even then you have to stop and wonder why didn 't why didn 't it work but with responsive parenting, like i 'm married to the idea now mm-hmm. right right this minute mm-hmm. but if i see if i if I see a, a flaw in it at some point right. first we 'll discuss it, mm-hmm. and then we 'll consider what other options there may be i mean it 's not that we 're so we 're so stuck on a particular idea so right
0: uh, here's here 's the thing with it 's part of the reason i 've always struggled. When I first started this this kind of intentional parenting, which I didn't start till Abby was about six or seven, um, when I started first intentional parenting, it didn't have a name. Right uh, there, there wasn't a label to it. Um, I have since assigned it intentional, responsive, gentle after finding other people on the Internet who also called it intentional, responsive, gentle, whatever, authoritative, whatever you want to call it. But the idea that there is this label means that there is
1: a set of rules,
0: a set of rules. Yeah. There. There is a laundry list of this is what responsive parents do. And to some extent that is true. But what labels leave out is the nuance of. Every parenting experience is different because every family is different. Every human is different. Every social uh, situation is different. And those things change. These mm, kids, I about said a bad word. These kids <laughs> have the audacity to continue to grow. <laughs> I made a joke on Instagram on Abby's 14th birthday. All right. I officially know how to parent a 13 year old. She's turned 14 and I have no idea what to do.
1: Yeah. Yeah every <laughs> every birthday every starts birthday new.
0: I I I know how to parent a thirteen year old now because we survived
1: and she is wildly different at fourteen than she, she was is, at thirteen
0: she is for for a lot of reasons though sure
1: but I'm just saying like like she she's really coming into her own she's right. really taken to the things she likes she, and she's
0: <laughs> she likes picking fights with you specifically. <laughs>
1: But uh, she also, I mean, she has fandoms now that, mm-hmm. she had fandoms before, but not to the same degree. Right. She is an expert, as mo- so much as you could be one, of at her the, age.
0: For the MCU, for the yes. Marvel Cinematic Universe. There are,
1: there are details she can go into that I'm like, I don't even know where I would find this information. <laughs>
0: how, did you, how many yeah. times did you watch that movie to see that one specific millisecond of a frame, Abs?
1: Yeah, yeah. She knows it. She's as much a fan as the, of that as I am of like the Dark Tower series or something. Yeah. So I, yeah. I love that. I think that's great.
0: Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah. But uh, it, what it means is we are constantly evolving as parents because our children's needs are constantly evolving. We are in a very unique position in that we are two types of parents at the same time. Right. Abby is getting to the point that we are parenting very differently than we're parenting our two little ones. Right. Our two little ones are still very much... We have to define you are currently feeling anger. And here's how you handle anger. With Abby, we are we're to a point that she has identified that she's feeling anger. Mm-hmm. And she can go, and then all we can do is kind of post mortem that of do you think that worked for you? That what what you just did? Did it accomplish what you were hoping? Did it calm you? Did it help you rationalize? Right. Like and we're getting to a point where we we have to let her fail. With the littles, we're, we're really risk-averse right. in letting them... We let them fail to some extent, but we're also like right there like, I'm going to let you fall off this toy, but I'm going to pick you right back up.
1: Right, right. You need to bump your elbow right now to know what happens when you fall right, off. Of the, right, right. Yeah.
0: But like I'm also like eagle-eyeing that interaction, and I will be right there with the Neosporin and the Band-Aid when you <laughs> bump your elbow. <laughs> Abby, on the other hand, she's at a point where... All I can do is, you're going to fall off and bump your elbow, and then I have to let her fall off, stand up, assess the damage to her elbow, and then say, I need Neosporin and a Band-Aid. Okay, I can help you get that. See, that's, that's, that's,
1: that's an area where you and I slightly differ. Now, with Abby, that's the same, but with the littles... I actually take more of the Abbey approach with them. Really? Yeah. If uh, if if I see that they're about to now, granted, I, I'm trying to avoid like head drama. Right. You know, I don't need <laughs> a broken arm or anything like that. But yeah. if whatever they're doing, you know, playing on the lower uh, on on the the bed that's on the floor, sure. Um, and I think somebody's going to slide off and and bump an elbow. Mm-hmm. I let it happen, and then inevitably, let them when assess the, their own. Yeah, situation usually it's there. the girl child that comes running. <laughs> uh she's very dramatic
0: she and she's she's more sensitive than the yes. boy child
1: but uh she'll come running and show me her elbow and i know you've done this before too and I'll i'll look at her and i'll look <laughs> at her elbow and it, as long as it's not bleeding i'll say does it hurt yeah show me where it hurts right here is it broken no are you bleeding no are you dead no <laughs> well then are you okay yeah See, She'll go back and play again.
0: I've started using that more often because the girl child has gotten so much more dramatic about yeah, stuff. Yeah, she has. But I I also use kiss it make it better.
1: That actually really works too. If for no other reason just to calm her down.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Did we answer the question? No idea. <laughs> uh forgot what question we were asking. It's not why they're here. Uh Briley why? She is a mom of two under 2. We've been there. Not there anymore. Ha <laughs> ha um, How do you practice self-care? Oh,
1: man. Well, that's... I mean, again, that's another one that evolves daily. Constantly. Yeah, constantly.
0: So, here... I've been on a really big self-care kick. Yeah. Because I finally felt equipped um, to be able to begin to address a lot of what I do... Puts me constantly at the edge of burnout Mm -hmm. uh, with work, with parenting, with content creation, with podcasting. Like there's always I'm always standing on the edge of burnout and one little of wind will push me over that edge. Right. Um, Which meant that I really needed to be able to find a way to back up, practice some self-care that God forsaken cliche you can't pour from an empty cup. I hate it because it's so very true and apt. Yeah. Um, the more annoyed I am at a cliche, the that's because it's probably the best summary, right. the best representation of what it is. Um, if I've poured everything out of my cup and then someone asks a reasonable ask for more, I don't have anything to give. Right. I'm out of energy. I'm out of spoons. I'm out of motivation. Whatever it is, I can't help you. So. I've been really intentional about the about the self care act. Um self care is at its very core anything you do that allows you to rest, recharge, reset, or feel ready to re enter reality.
1: Which is honestly it's different for every person too. It is. That's one of those personal things that-
0: but it doesn't necessarily have to be a, a four-hour break from your kids right self-care practiced in small increments throughout the day can be effective now is it as effective of as being able to drop the kids off at the grandparents and spend the day no probably not but something excuse me something is better than nothing so for me I have, I've realized that I am more likely to put effort into myself in the morning. Now, I am a very begrudging morning person. Like, right. I, I've discovered that recently that I can get up and function pretty well. Like, not just pad through the house zombie-like. Like, like me. Yes, you're a terrible morning. You're not a morning person. Not at all. Um, but I have, 23-year-old me would be horrified to learn that I am in fact... A morning person. I don't like this about myself. Yeah, (laughs) I'm still mad about it. But I'm awake and functioning. So I realized that I can spend a a decent amount of time kind of focused on my breakfast. So I spend often enough more time being really intentional about preparing myself and eating my breakfast, right? So I've started a, a mom breakfast of the day. And I document this over on my Instagram. Uh, mama cusses if you don't already follow me um and that's just a little bit of self-care yeah that is pouring just a little bit into my cup at the very start of the day i listen to audiobooks um so it used to be just in the shower now i will load the kids up hand them their tablets and we will go somewhere anywhere it doesn't really matter and the kids will play on their tablet and I listen to my podcast. They are strapped into car seats. They are headphoned, silent, and amused. And that's enough. That's that 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 does it for me.
1: Right. So thinking from for my portion of this answer, I was thinking about um what have I done recently, especially Something that I started doing not too long ago. Now, I'm a former musician as mm-hmm. far as a touring musician right. way back in the day. I haven't picked up an instrument in almost 10 years. Mm-hmm. And I'd say in the last, what, couple months, yeah, I've uh, I've taken to a couple times a week, usually in the evenings after mm-hmm. the kids have gone down, I'll go play on one of my instruments, right. guitar or whatever it is. Yep. And that's been like really good Yeah, to the point where <laughs> I allow myself to be more productive and I wrote our intro and exit song for the podcast yeah and recorded it
0: yeah the the new intro and outro you hear on the podcast jack wrote that yeah wrote it produced it and i can't tell you
1: how good that feels that's something that Mm -hmm. i loved doing back in the day and i haven't done it in a
0: decade so that allowed you to recharge yes and that's one of the fundamental parts of does it allow you to rest reset recharge or feel doesn't have to do all four of those things right it's just one of those and it's enough i have noticed a difference in your drive to do the boring stuff yeah (laughs) since you've been able to find that really magical spot yeah like you're you're motivated to get to every parent in the world is motivated to get to bedtime (laughs) right but like once they go down You get to go out a couple times a week and I say fiddle on your guitar, which is probably like a little belittling. That's not what I mean. But you get to go out and play on the guitar, mess with the drums, um, and, and you were like a kid in a candy store. I heard... Everything you said and understood about 1% of it, but I got <laughs> the play-by-play as yeah. he was writing this song. I have no idea what he said to me, ladies and gentlemen and others. I have no clue oh, then, what he was talking about.
1: Yeah, and then I bored you with the mixing and mastering. and Yes.
0: Yes, I got a hour dissertation on the difference between mixing and mastering. Did you know there was a difference between mixing and mastering? If you're shaking your head no, hi, you're you and I are the same. <laughs> if you're shaking your head yes, you're Jackson's people.
1: <laughs> There's somebody out there who's on my side.
0: But but I really have I really have noticed um not necessarily you're different with the kids because you've always been pretty good about um, leaving enough in your reserves and your tanks to handle the kids. But as far as the housework and taking care of the the property and other random bits of adulting that has to happen, you've been far more motivated and yeah. less loath to do it Yeah, because you've had the energy to do it. So I, I have noticed that it's made a difference.
1: Good. That's, <laughs> that's positive then.
0: Now, here's, here's I think the final bit I have on self-care is the, the quiet part out loud is if you know you need to practice self-care and I say some suggestions and you fight me on why that can't possibly work for you, why are you fighting me? You know you need to practice self-care. And the response I get a ton is, well, I don't have time. Well, then- It is now time to make time. And that might come at the cost of something else. That might mean you leave the dishes in the sink for tonight. Yes, later you will hate that.
1: It's kind of a prioritization thing. It
0: is a prioritization thing. Yeah. You have to prioritize yourself. And if you are still sitting in your vehicle or commute or shower or wherever you're listening to this podcast... And still arguing with me? Well, I don't have time to prioritize myself. If I had already, if I knew how to do that, I would have already done that. Okay, you're arguing with a podcast now right. about a thing you know you need to do. Right. <laughs> you, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you, but you're arguing with the podcast. Yeah. You have to make yourself a priority, and anytime you redo priorities, it means something else has to fall down the slot. I'm not saying put yourself at number one, because as parents, you're probably never going to be able to do that. If you are in a relationship, it is unlikely that you will put yourself before your relationship. right? But you can make yourself third for like one hot second, just long enough to feel rested, reset, recharged, or ready to reenter reality. Yeah. You just have to do that occasionally. And the more you do it, the more you'll find, oh, it's actually okay if I let the dishes sit. Like it's not that bad to do it in the morning. I never realized that I could just do it in the morning. Like that's fine. Right. Um it might be that you need to restructure everything in your life to
1: to fit in an hour to fit in of, an hour yeah. for
0: yourself. It might be that once you really kind of start to think about it, you only need to spare like 5 minutes.
1: But I find that if you if you have that thing that uh, you enjoy doing for your mm-hmm. self time, it kind of motivates you to get to that point. You does that know, that make it, sense? Like it to does. Get to that time, it does. Yeah, I, I feel like I work a little harder, uh-huh. to accomplish things so that I have that time. Right, does that make sense? Yeah.
0: It it occurs to me. I wonder if people who are really struggling with self care are in that nebulous space. That that headspace uh-huh. of trying to figure out who they are after becoming parents.
1: Mm, kind of feeling like I I don't know if this is the right word, but feeling a little trapped. Yeah. In in, like, in identifying well, as it's it's parent one of so and so.
0: It's one yeah yeah. It's one of those things that before you have a kid, uh, however you obtain that child, whether you were pregnant, whether your partner was pregnant. Um, stepchild, adoption, fostering, whatever. Who you were before obtaining said tiny human seems like a a history ago, an age ago, and that person is gone. And now, who the are you now that you're you're Abby's mom, right? You're you're Dawson's mom. You're David's dad.
1: Well, we've said it, bef- we've joked about it before, but when you and I got married, and and for our families that just happened to be when this happened, but mm-hmm. we were no longer Jack
0: yeah. and Gwenna. We were Jack and Gwen. Yes. We we became one unit yeah. with no spaces or pause in our name.
1: Yeah. I know when my mother... Is is talking to my stepdad. Mm -hmm. You wonder what Jack and Gwen are doing today. Right. Like we're we're not individual humans anymore. Yeah.
0: And then we add kids. And we lost being Jackson and being Gwenna. Now we're Abby's mom and boy child's dad and girl child's parents. Like that became our identity. And if you're in that spot, where the person you were is gone has to be like, there's no space in your life for that person. That person used to love to crochet and go to bars and do all, all these sorts of things that you did before kids. What are you supposed to do now? Because all of your energy is keeping this useless meat sack alive. (laughs) So I wonder if sometimes when, People are asking, "Well, how do I take care of myself?" I wonder if the question unasked is really, "What is myself now, and how or, do I take care of a person I don't know?"
1: Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes I think the question comes across, uh, especially after it's, you know, the child is a few years old.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: When do I get to go back to being myself? I've heard that before.
0: Yeah, I don't think you get to. I don't think go you ever back, go back to that. Yeah. Yeah. I I think. I think
1: But I think you get to a point where you get to reestablish
0: Yeah, your new normal. We spent I hate that phrase,
1: but yes, I, I yes, I You
0: hate that phrase because we spent ages preaching it to Abby.
1: Well and, and we the we, pandemic. We hear it a lot now, yeah. yes. But I I Yes, essentially yes, that's correct. I
0: <laughs> I just triggered Jack in real time. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> no, Sorry.
1: You're no, it's fine. You're right. <laughs> That's <laughs> it is what your new normal is. What, what I was thinking in my head was uh, rather than thinking of, you know, when do I get to go back to being me? Think of it for me anyway. I think of it as when do I get to
0: explore er- this new version? Yeah, of me. I,
1: get, I, I get to maybe I get to reincorporate things I enjoyed mm-hmm. into what I am now. Right. I get to share some of these things with my kids. I
0: don't think it is necessarily inappropriate to allow yourself a bit of a grieving process for mm-hmm. that old life. Now, not everyone will will need that process. Not everyone looks back at who they were pre-kids or pre-relationship or pre-whatever big thing that happened. Right. Um, and, and have to mourn the loss of. Um, but I think if you're really struggling with understanding who you are now that you are also child's parent... And that has become your primary identity. Um, it's okay to let yourself mourn that old you. Right. Like, if you really loved that portion of your life and it's gone now, there there could really be a sense of loss there. It's okay to mourn. It's okay to be mad for a bit. As long as you can move past the anger at some point, it's okay to feel sad. It's okay to be in denial. That, no, that person's not gone. Like, I just have to get them potty trained. I just have to get them in school. I just have to get them graduated. I just have to get right. them.
1: You'll spend 20 years right. thinking of the next step to get back to. To get
0: back to that old you. Yeah. That's denial. And that's probably the worst place to be. Right. Um, I think the denial stage of grief is. So hard, right? <laughs> it's so hard to live in that space, but yeah, it's okay to grieve that. And then once you get to the acceptance part, then you can start looking forward to what things do I like, what things can I reincorporate into yeah. my life? Yeah. Um,
1: as silly as it is, touching back on the guitar thing, yeah, that was something I lamented for a long time putting mm-hmm. down and not doing again, yeah. Now I look forward to, well, I've I, Tried it with the eldest, she didn't care. So <laughs> I look forward to the uh the younger two coming coming of age enough to be interested in instruments. And they're showing proclivities. Yeah,
0: they're they're definitely interested in so that him. definitely
1: gets me excited. Yeah. So I I I feel invigorated to play more and we play got around with more.
0: Cute story. We got the boy child a ukulele for Christmas. Yeah. Because it's guitar shaped and boy child sized. So it sits on him like the guitar sits on Jack. Um, is defensive. About oh yeah.
1: That. Have you noticed he has a, a place for it? Yeah. It goes in that spot,
0: in that spot. Nothing else is allowed to sit in that spot. Yep. That's where his, he calls it his guitar. It's a ukulele, but we're not going to correct a three and a half year old. Yeah. It's close enough. Yeah. Um, and the girl child is not to touch that.
1: No. Guitar. Nope.
0: They will share toys. Um, they really don't have an issue with sharing. Um, they have their toys, that they don't have to share, like that's a whole other episode of yeah, what sharing looks yeah. like. But they're allowed to choose toys that they don't have to share. And she so much as looks sideways at that guitar, and he's like, "No, yeah, he's I've, so. I've heard him that yell that at her too. Yes, no, <laughs> yeah. So, okay, do we have time for one more? Yeah, we've still got time. Okay, okay. <laughs> How do you handle parental burnout from Heather B? I think we kind of covered that just a, kind a second of the ago. Same. Okay, <laughs> Nicole A. Okay, this this one. Follow me for this journey. Okay. How do you handle toddlers having big feelings, which cause you to have big feelings, and you're struggling to process your own big feelings while needing to help them process theirs?
1: <laughs> it's a-
0: that is such. It is such a relatable loop.
1: Yeah, I was going to say it's a good question.
0: It's such a relatable loop. So to to break it down in slightly different terms, your kid is throwing a fit. That fit triggers you into your own fit. And now while in the midst of being triggered and being in your own feels, your kid's still in the middle of their tantrum. Right. How do you get yourself out of that tantrum Enough to deal with their tantrum without looping back through the triggering process again. You can't see me, but I'm making really big wheels with my hands.
1: She is. <laughs> I'll, I'll attest to this. <laughs> yeah, I think, uh, I think for this one, so the, the tough thing about it is, is the self-regulation part. So you've mentioned before with uh, responsive parenting co-regulation, right? Mm-hmm. Um, part of co-regulation is also being able to self-regulate. So if if your young one is throwing a tantrum enough to get you triggered, mm-hmm. and now it's gotten you angry, let's let's be honest, that's what yeah. the the feel is. Mm-hmm. You're you're angry at whatever's going on there. You have to be able to take a step back for a moment, and that's hard to do when somebody's screaming in your ear, absolutely at ear piercing <laughs> levels. Absolutely, I, I get that from time to time. you you, you have to stop first of all to self regulate. You have to think to yourself. What is it, whatever reaction I have at this moment, Mm -hmm. how is the little one going to perceive it Mm -hmm. as best as you can? Right. Are you going to come across as angry and yelling? Mm -hmm. Or are you going to come across as firm? Right. Or are you going to come across as- Comforting. Comforting, right. Right. And it's it's part of getting to know your children to kind of understand, I don't know, do you remember- when they were really little and they had different cries for the different mm-hmm. things they needed. Yeah. Well, that continues on. Yeah. It's not crying so much anymore. They've, they've got different ways of communicating. Right. It. but Sometimes it's hard to tell what, what's bothering them. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they don't even know what it is. Right. Most of the time they don't know what it is. Um, but you kind of have to train yourself to,
0: to compartmentalize. Basically. Yes. Yeah. yeah.
1: And then if, if that doesn't seem to be working, I There's, say as long as whatever is happening is not a danger yeah. to the child. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: There's nothing that needs to be handled now that can't be handled in 10 minutes. Right, right. And, unless we're talking physical danger to self, others, or property.
1: And, and, and if your child has gotten to the point where their tantrum has sent them... Off the, the yeah. ledge completely. Right. Well, they're no longer tantruming about whatever bothered them before. Right. They're, now their cortisol levels are so high. Right. They're just angry because they're angry. Right.
0: <laughs> like reason has left the chat. Right.
1: So, and just like an adult, if mm-hmm. an adult is angry, it's not a good idea to have a conversation with an right. angry person. Right. Especially if that conversation is...
0: If you're seeing red, you've got to get back down to regular color. Yes. I mean, literally, there there's science behind this. Yeah. Um, when your cortisol high levels are so high, when your stress is so high, you're it's the phrase seeing red, you can't think straight. You literally your receptive the receptive portions of your brain are shut down right you cannot hear what's being said to you you do not store that in long-term memory you do not compute those things the way you would if you were calm this is true for children and adults so there is nothing that needs to be said or done now that will not be as effective in 10 minutes yeah when everyone's had a moment we're not talking about dogs whose brains work differently we're talking about tiny people and their brains work pretty much the same a little differently because their brains just aren't as developed. Right. But a kid does not have a developed prefrontal cortex. So our emotions come from our amygdala for the most part. I am not a neuroscientist, so if I'm saying these things incorrectly, I'm sorry. But my understanding our emotions come from our amygdala and that is online from day 0. Right. Babies can feel emotions obviously they don't know what they are but they can feel fear they can feel excitement they can feel nervous that's online from day 0 yeah the part our our little internal voices that bully us out of doing stupid things because we're having an emotion from our amygdala uh that doesn't come online until your early to mid 20s not fully
1: <laughs> not fully yeah
0: it, it develops, but it's not fully developed until your early to mid-20s. It's almost
1: like it's an experiential development. Too. It is. Like it it is. needs to experience the world in order to develop.
0: So our our emotional regulation happens in our prefrontal cortex. That doesn't kick in until fully until your mid-20s. So for the first two decades of life, you're feeling everything at the same level that adults feel without the tiny voice in your head to go, wait. How is screaming about this going to help? Right. We have that as adults, whether we listen to the prefrontal cortex and the little voice in the back of our heads. That's a different story. But as parents, when we feel ourselves getting triggered, when we feel our prefrontal cortex shutting down because our stress levels are too high, when we feel ourselves beginning to see red, we have to stop. If we have gotten triggered by our own kids, and that is not a failing. Let's be clear here. Getting triggered by your own kids is not a sign of a bad parent. It's a sign of having a functioning human brain.
1: Correct me if I'm wrong, and I may be wrong on this, but I seem to think with R2, if there's a tantrum, it almost always comes after a command we've given them that they disagree with. Almost.
0: I, I wouldn't. Sometimes it's just each other. Right? There's there's a bunch of different I mean, they, reasons, but a tantrum. tantrum. Like
1: there, it. When I guess when I think of a tantrum, I think of uh, like on the ground kicking. No, I don't want to. Like that. To me, that's a tantrum. Maybe I mis...
0: I think you're you're misconstruing the bulk of tantrum. Tantrum is just big feel. Anytime okay. they're having a big feel. Um, well, okay.
1: Either way, I think what seems to work for me. And probably for you too is oftentimes, when a tantrum occurs, mm-hmm. the underlying issue is simple, but it, it just takes a moment to get there. Right. Oftentimes, one of them's hungry. Mm-hmm. That seems to be one that triggers it quite yep. a bit. Uh Over Yep. Is is a big one. Yep. Um, yeah. Uh, it's it's the same. Overstimulated is another one. Yep.
0: And sometimes they just need to poop. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, this sounds familiar. <laughs> Um, Yeah, there is. It was really, really simple, even though it didn't. If you're in the middle of the infant stage, what I'm about to say is going to feel like a total and utter lie. I know. I'm sorry. You'll survive. Um, But when the kids were infants, it was pretty easy to. If you're having a big feeling, if you're throwing a fit about something, you are one of these four things. Like 90% of the time. Yeah. Um, you are hungry. You are tired. You are overstimulated or you need to poop. You need or you need a fresh diaper because you have pooped and it's right. uncomfortable. Um, That that it was really easy to meet their needs then, even though it didn't feel like it. in the thick of it, it felt impossible to ascertain what these differences were
1: or the frequency the, or the frequency. That was the one that yeah. got me was the yeah. frequency. Yeah.
0: But uh, not a whole lot changes. Yeah. Oh, actually, it feels like it does because what they're complaining about in real time is brother is looking at me. Okay, we are now throwing a temper tantrum because your brother has eyeballs that turned in your direction. Yeah.
1: Her favorite one is he keeps touching me. Yes. Because he bumped her foot or something.
0: Right. Um. Or they're sitting next to each other. They've been sitting next to each other for the past 15 minutes. Bubba's touching me.
1: And to be fair, he does it to her too. He it's does. The exact same way. He one.
0: does. Um. But when a tantrum happens, it's probably still one of those four basic yeah. needs. Is they're hungry, tired, overstimulated, or they need to boop?
1: Yeah. That's or, it. And it could be understimulated, too. Right. I suppose. It just occurred yeah. to me that, uh, you know, uh, th- the weather has finally started occasionally, occasionally turning around here where we can get outside and oh do things, gosh. and that's the made a The night and
0: day difference between days we can go outside and days we cannot go outside. Yeah. It's so frustrating yeah. that the simple act of sending him outside, specifically the boy child here, yes. sending the boy child outside for vitamin D and raucous loud play makes everything so much better. Oh,
1: yeah. Wow. Bedtime even gets better. So much it's easier. It's crazy. Yeah.
0: So, anyway, if you are finding yourself triggered by your kid, A, you're normal. B, that's okay. C, Take a deep breath. Step away. Make sure the kid is safe. Make sure the kid is supervised. You can watch them out of of your periphery. Turn something on that will calm you or them, whatever. Right. Something to give yourselves a break. If the wall has been colored on and that is sending you into a fury because you've had this conversation with your kid a hundred times before, well, the wall's already colored on. It's it's still gonna be colored on in ten minutes. (laughs) Yeah, we can get. That's not gonna change. It's not gonna change. Like, yes, you will still deal with it, but give yourself grace and time. Give your kid grace and time. The conversation's gonna go a lot better. Getting the Mister Clean Scrubby Sponge out is gonna go a lot better when both of you have had a moment. Right. That might be ten minutes. That might be an hour. But find the strength to say. Mommy needs a minute.
1: Yep. It's, you know, we all know, or most of us know that uh, kids are sponges. hmm And they sponge off of us yes. first and foremost because yes. we're around them more. The same thing goes with your emotions. hmm Whatever your emotions are, mm-hmm. they tend to sponge off of that too.
0: They also sponge how you handle your emotions. Yeah. So if you're getting triggered and you have the strength and capability to say, I am very mad right now and it is not a good idea for me to talk. I'm going to take a minute over time with repetition, with constant modeling, not constant, but often modeling this, they will get to the point that they are mad and they're going to repeat the same thing. I am mad. I can't talk. I need a minute. Yeah. Perfect. Excellent. This is what we want. This is what we're aiming for as responsive parents, not the, never make mistakes not the never feel mad but the ability to recognize communicate and respond right that's all we're aiming for (laughs) Yeah. all right is that it
1: that's it we're done
0: we're done i have no idea what episode we're on i never know 13 yep we've done 13 episodes lucky
1: number 13 okay we'll see so we need to do this again uh i know there were a lot more uh, questions there on were there, that we there were questions to. some, that we some questions to. deserve their own yes episode so yes we're going to work on that but uh yeah keep keep with us we'll keep going through these and uh like she said at the uh the break keep
0: go keep, to pleasant, keep, pleasant sending media. Your, com.
1: keep sending your questions yeah mm-hmm. this was fun
0: yeah i liked it so, okay we're all right. done I can go get more coffee. Do my little jig first. Can I go get more coffee? With coffee, the snappy snaps. Coffee, 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 right, coffee, coffee. coffee, coffee, coffee. All
1: right, go coffee. Gosh,
0: go. This has been a production of Pleasant Peasant Media. For questions, suggestions, professions of adoration, or to discuss sponsorship opportunities, email info at pleasantpeasantmedia.com.